If you have your Bibles, you can turn uh, with me. Uh, you know, we, we're looking at Luke uh, chapter 3, so we, we look at the context as far as that, but Romans 8 we'll be uh, getting to here in just a little bit. But if you want to have Luke 3, uh, verse 23 and following, you can have that at the ready. Because we're talking about Luke 3 and me, and of course, uh, with our series of messages this year, we're looking at the genealogy of Jesus, and it's been my, uh, my goal not to bore you to death with the stories of the, you know, the character type stories of the genealogy of Jesus. I want to try to make this interesting for you, because really, it is interesting. I think it's funny that we find so much drama on TV, and uh, one, of the, one of the main reasons people uh, stream live on Netflix is because they're able to see things that they uh, don't live out. Well, you know, the Bible has a lot of neat stories, too, and I don't know about you, but when you uh, we look at the genealogy of Jesus and we talk about the very beginning where uh, Adam was the son of God and we have Seth who's the son of Adam, you might scratch your head and say, how that, how'd that happen? I thought Cain was the firstborn son of Adam, and you are correct about that. And then you might be going, well, I wonder why Seth's then in the lineage of Jesus and not Cain. Well, today, if that was the burning question that was on your heart this morning when you woke up, and I know it was, we'll answer that question today. So just hang on, and you'll be relieved to know that we have a good answer for that. So Luke uh, 3 and me, we're going to be looking at the genealogy of Jesus, and basically what we're trying to figure out is how we are connected to the very first man and woman, Adam and Eve. We talked about that last week. If you uh, miss any of the messages you can go online to palcc.org, go to our message page, and you can listen to any of the old sermons uh, from this year uh, and some from last year. i got to clean some of that up, but uh, you can listen to the message and get caught up if you feel like you're behind. But uh, last week we talked about Adam and Eve, and this week we talk about their son Seth as a part of this Luke 3 and me, because we are connected through Seth, and I think it's important for us to realize this is a choice that we make, and as I explain this to you, hopefully it'll help you. If I were to say to you today that you could reboot your day, what would be the very first mistake you made today that you would want to clear from your memory so that you don't, so that it won't infect the rest of your day? Have you already made a mistake that is, you're afraid it's going to in, infect the rest of your day? Like, did you say something stupid to your wife, guys, if you're, you know, you're married? Uh, because if you say something stupid in the morning, I'll guarantee it's going to infect the rest of your day. Unless you have a wife like me who forgives instantly, no matter what, what's said. Right, honey? Have you already maybe said something, thought something, you know? Our thoughts are, are very valuable to us, but sometimes we wake up in the morning and we get something stuck in our head. Like I came into uh, the auditorium here uh, whistling or humming a Britney Spears song. I'm not sure why. We heard something on the radio. We weren't listening to Britney Spears. We were listening to Fox Radio, and then they did some kind of teaser with her. And so, yes, I did it again, was stuck up there in my, in my head. You get, have you had a thought or have you said something? Have you done something? that you wish hadn't done, that it's going to infect the rest of your day. I think all of us, we'd like to reboot every once in a while because we do make mistakes. And we make mistakes that infect our days, they infect our weeks, they infect our years, they infect our lives. 
So is it possible for us to repoot things? Like, for instance, maybe you made a New Year's resolution. Didn't say it. Maybe you made a New Year's promise this year to yourself, and you've already messed up, like, I will not drink water, and then uh, you've already messed up. You drink water. Or uh, I'm going to exercise every day at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. is my exercise period. Maybe you blew that one. Maybe you had some goals for yourself and you've already failed on them and you want to reboot. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, it's the beginning of the week. I can reboot and get things going again. What mistakes or bad habits have you fallen back into that you would want to delete so that you could just start with a clean slate again? Is that possible? Now, when I say reboot to you, you may have the very same eye-rolling, skeptical response as I do each time I talk to CenturyLink Internet support, (laughs) and they recommend that I reboot my modem. Here's what they tell me. Unplug it for 23 seconds, uh, plug it back in, and then that will magically fix all the problems that I have with my Internet. Now, our problem is we live out in the middle between Uh, between cable land and some other land where there's no, we don't have access to spectrum cable. And we've tried the HughesNet, and uh, if you have grandkids, you realize that if they gave you 700 million megabytes to use it, you'd use it all up. Uh, we We had the 30 gigabyte plan, I think, and we used that in three days at our house when my my kids are all together. So that didn't really work for us. But Uh, So we're kind of stuck with CenturyLink Internet, and uh, we have blazing speed of three megabytes per second. I know you're jealous, but we have it. And actually, I looked it up again this weekend, and they don't even offer that in our area anymore. They only offer one and a half in our area because they can't guarantee any kind of speeds. Now, I don't know, but... I get that kind of, uh, okay, you want me to reboot, that's going to fix my problems, you know. But then they tell me, they explain to me my modem, it gets overwhelmed, like it's a human being, I guess. They tell me I have, get this, and they can tell this from where they are in California, I have 123 devices connected to my modem. (laughs) And they say they're all yelling at my modem at the same time. Now, we've had, you know, we have church parties at our house, and so there are times when you might have a lot of devices to connect it. But my modem, it's remembered 123 different devices that have access to it. And besides that, even if you're not using all 123 devices at the same time, there's thousands of commands from websites that you might be connected to and you forgot about it three days ago. And these commands are coming back and forth, these websites that you receive. And then there's the excessive and unnecessary data flowing into those devices, which uh, is unwanted and unwelcome in the form of ads and uh, pop-ups and and advice. Um, I know with uh, Facebook, my my favorite pop-ups are the ones where they have the grid of, of X's, and they say, can you find the upside-down X inside this? And so you're going, uh, that kind of... Well, you do upside-down looks exactly like... Okay, never mind. 
But we have all these, it's called data packets. You have data packets that are coming into your modem. They crunch everything down, and then you, they send them out by radio to whatever computer is asking for them. So you have the data packs going in, and then I can't even think about data packs going out because um, I did. I tried to fix my system by putting Cat5 line in, a uh, direct line into my modem, and it actually has helped with my download speed. But now my upload speed is it's supposed to be, I don't know, one or something like that. It's uh, like a half or something. So now that is kind of getting gunked up too. So whenever I say reboot, my reaction is, oh, come on, really? But if I were to advise you today about your life, and I'm going to, if I were to advise you, I would advise you to reboot. Now, I might be thinking that you've come to church today because your life isn't flowing as freely and as fast as you think it should. I mean, you've been promised these high speeds in your life, that we have every advantage. We have all the, the latest gadgetry, all the most wonderful things. And so our life, it should be running so efficiently and flowing so fantastically. I might believe you're overwhelmed by all the people in your life who are counting on you at home, at work, in your community. They've got all these demands on you. They want your time. They want your energy. They want your effort. I might have some insight into the thousands of commands with which you are inundated daily, which can be confusing and complicating. In many cases, this information is excessive and unnecessary. It's unwanted, unwelcomed. But even though the data packets wanting to come into your mind and the things you want to share into the world are greater and more expansive than ever before, you're still trying to squeeze it all through a limited time, space, and resource that you have. So let me advise you to reboot. And I'll do so by telling you a story. Six millennia ago, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Creator determined to create a perfect world with perfect things in it. So over the course of six days, He creates the heavens and the earth and everything in it. His triumph was the creation of those He called His sons, when God created mankind, he made them in his likeness, or in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. They, he said they were very good. Now the sons and daughters of God were given a perfect place to live, perfect food to eat, and the perfect relationship experience with their creator. But still, somehow, evil entered into the picture in the form of a serpent who enticed Eve, who then enticed Adam to disobey God, and paradise was lost. A significant reboot was necessary for mankind to be redeemed as in the likeness of Adam. But Cain, the firstborn of all mankind, he disobeyed God, and he murdered his brother Abel. And Cain's heir, uh, Lamech, his in his father's likeness, also 
would murder in cold blood. How could this story be redeemed? How could the hope of mankind find a hero? Would the history of men be one murderous act after another? Would mankind be doomed to restlessly wander the face of the earth, rejected by God, fearing that they would be killed and forcing them to kill? Would their advancements in agriculture, the arts, and as artisans in the likes of Jabel, Jubal, and Tubal Cain be corrupted in the likeness of Cain or redeemed by an unlikely hero? Eve has been calling out in grief for years after the murder of her first son. She cries out to the Lord, Could it be the Creator has a plan to redeem and reconcile the hope of a seed through whom all the nations will be blessed? cannot be Cain. Who will it be? Eve proclaims, God has granted me another child in the place of Abel, and she named him Seth. Seth is the reboot to the story of creation. He is the one through whom the Messiah would eventually come. Seth's family line would call upon the name of the Lord for salvation as a substitute to Cain's who continued to indulge in the corruption of the flesh. A corruption so great and putrid that God would be moved to destroy those who lived in this world. The flood would be the culmination of the reboot of creation. And it would be through Seth that mankind would preserve. For almost, for almost a thousand years, Adam and Seth lived to teach those in their families to look to the Lord for salvation. And it would come in a way... None expected. Now this is a true story based upon Genesis 1 through 5. And I would encourage you to take some time to read through it today. Read through it carefully understanding the characters and what's happening. You might especially want to do that if you are in need of a reboot. Because it will remind you the very first family had immediate dysfunction. That caused heartache and pain. You may need to call upon the Lord to clear your cash because others in your family tree were restless wanderers on the earth and you've begun to wander too. It might be necessary because the evil you've experienced is so corrupt and putrid that only a cleansing flood can save you. And trust me, I'm not under any delusion that folks who come into church are pure as the driven snow. Especially in this day and age, I know that there's raw and difficult things that you all experience that I want to try to help you with. The important thing to remember is that we are connected through Christ to that same promise of salvation preserved for us through Seth what that was the original intent of creation. Seth has become what we'll call today our substitute hero. The word Seth actually means in place of. He is our hero. He wasn't the firstborn. It was not his birthright to claim. But God called upon him to take the place of Abel in a physical sense and Cain in a spiritual sense. Seth would be, and we are included in this, the father of all in the likeness of Adam 
And as for Cain, his legacy was one of death and destruction in the midst of incredible creative potential. Cain squandered his birthright. He neglected his image of God in him. And God completely destroyed all those in his line eventually. Now that might sound cruel to you. It might sound like, well, God doesn't really care. But sometimes we forget that when God creates things, he creates them to be good. And after everything he created in the six days of creation, he said, this is good. And then we created mankind, he said, this is very good. And he intends for this world to be a place where his children can live in peace and joy and safety. But evil exists too. And he's given us means to deal with that so that we can continue to live. But that will only happen is if we choose for our house, for our families, for us to live in search of God, calling out in the name of the Lord. The lesson we must learn today in our reboot promise, which is unlike the promise the text at CenturyLink make to me, it is that we can be completely confident that any reboot we do for God will result in a faster and flowing ability to handle the input and output of our lives. Now, we might have spent years allowing mistakes of others and our own mistakes to remain in our memory, waiting for some command. But in Christ, even though we must live with our mistakes, listen to this, we are never limited by them. Did you hear that? We live with our mistakes, but we're never limited by them when we allow Christ to reboot us by clearing our memory of lies and stupid circ circular commands and restart our Holy Spirit operating system fresh each day in case we've been hijacked by some other operating system and refresh our browsers that can be overwhelmed with so many open, unwise searches that they just crash. And in the vernacular of the day, when we talk about computers and smartphones and rebooting and refreshing and restarting, for us as people, we must realize that sometimes life gets just so gunked up and we become so frustrated because of what some other people have done or maybe what we've done and it's all in the past, and it's stuck in our memory, and we've got this circular command thing going on. I don't know if you realize this, but if you have a computer, the random access memory has commands in it. And so sometimes uh, there'll be a command in there waiting for a command, and the command that it's waiting for is a waiting for a command from the command. That's called circular commands. In other words, nothing ever goes anywhere. It just sits there, chews up your memory. It's just stuck in there until you clear that cache. And the same thing happens with us as people. We get these commands in our mind. Maybe something our, our parents said to us or someone said to you when you were young. You're going to be a failure and, and you're, gonna, you're frustrated less and then... So you're waiting for the command of the unless you do this and it's not coming. And then the other part of the command, it won't go away unless you do it. And so you're just struck in, stuck in frustration. 
That's when we need to reboot, restart, and fresh. And may I offer you some scriptures that will help us do that. First, we must regularly reboot to clear our memory cache of these lies and secular commands that get stuck in there so that when we try to do anything, they stop and slow us down. Wouldn't it be great if you could just have a free, a free way of thinking about your life and not caught into the same guilt and shame that you've been caught in in the past? That's what God desires for us. That's what the story of Seth illustrates for us. It is like when we decide to give up some bad habit, If we don't clear our memories of the lies and false teachings of Satan about the habit with confession and repentance, we are tempted to just go back and try just a little bit of the habit again. It couldn't hurt, and then we fall right back into the destructive pattern of that habit because it's still waiting for that circular command to be closed. The truth is that through Christ, we can reboot into a different set of basic instructions about which our OS can about upon which our operating system can run. Paul talked about this binary choice thinking in Romans chapter 8. It's the same choice that we have to make between being children of Seth following in his line or falling into the pattern of Cain. Romans 8 verse 5 through 11 says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Simply said, if we choose to reboot, clear our cash, and say we're going to think about life from spiritual folk, from a spiritual point of view because we believe in Christ Jesus, then the death that we were living in before becomes life and peace and the frustration of our bodies is gone because we know Christ lives in us and no matter what it is that we might have to live with, we're not defined by it. You're not limited by your mistakes of your past when you know Christ Jesus, in other words. But you can't do it without him. Because in the promise of Seth, Adam and Eve and Seth and all the way down through the line to Christ, the connection we have with him is that promise. And that's why the genealogy of Jesus means so very much. Because it illustrates for us that no matter how many mistakes happened in the past, when you get to Christ, he can reboot that and change all of that for you. And all you have to do is choose To live in accordance with the spirit instead of the flesh. Clear out your cash. It's the same binary choice between the likeness of Cain and the likeness of Seth. If we choose Cain, we're choosing death. His line has already been destroyed. And if you choose Cain today, you can just know that your line will be destroyed. 
But if we choose to boot up in the mind of Seth, we're calling on the Holy Spirit to give life to our mortal bodies as we're governed by the spirit of life and peace. And even though we are not perfect, even though we still live in these mortal bodies, even though we'll still make mistakes, we can look forward to life and peace because of Christ Jesus. Now, isn't that exciting to you? Wouldn't you rather have that opportunity to clear your mind and the first thing you think of is eternal, eternal life and heaven and peace and joy and love? And when you reboot your mind, you think, this is the promise that God has for me through Christ Jesus. You're not so likely to go, well, I'm miserable. I think I'll self-medicate and I'll do X, Y, or Z just to make myself feel better. Because we know if we do that, we're falling into that line of Cain and we're choosing death instead of life. Now, when we reboot to clear our memory cache with a simple, uh, or when we reboot to clear our memory cache with a simple instruction of following the Spirit, we can also restart the Holy Spirit's operating system to run our lives. Satan loves to infect the operating system, and that is the set of commands that we live by. And those commands, they can get infected with viruses and malware where other people want to get in and they want to try to confuse you and mess you up. And they want their commands to overtake the commands of the Holy Spirit so that when you do one thing, instead of following the path of the Holy Spirit, you follow after the path of the world. These viruses and malware, they're designed to corrupt the commands which are purely in us because we're made in the image of God and the likeness of God's truth. It's the malware virus of Satan slithering up to Eve and saying, and to Adam, you will not die. You are not like God. The devil tries to worm his way into your mind and your thoughts every day. And if you reboot and then you restart and you want to think, I want to live by the Spirit today. I want to live by God's commands. I want to be His image bearer. I want to give glory and honor to Him in my life. You can bet that Satan's already laid traps for you in that with his malware and vices to destroy you. If we followed the spiritual DNA flowing in our hearts and minds to bring glory to God and live in His glory... The Bible promises that we can be extremely productive and extremely filled with joy and love. Just as 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 says, now, in, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, being transformed into His image with His ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." This is an ever-growing, ever-increasing process. This incredible operational promise of ever-increasing glory and freedom can make our lives so effective and efficient that we'll be faster than any supercomputer, even the exascale computer they're working on. But if we allow viruses and malware into our thinking by accepting that too-good-to-be-true offer or open up that phony email link that says, you can be, you know, whatever... We're just asking to be corrupted and co-opted and compromised. And we must, and most don't even know it until it's too late. That they're being co-opted by some kind of faceless enemy. Listen, we have the choice to restart 
our operational system with a clean reboot of our cash. And we do that by saying, I'm going to follow the Spirit because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. When I follow the commands of God, when I follow His Word, when I follow His teaching, we have this great, incredible opportunity to let our life be free and feel the ever-increasing glory of God. Now, we can reboot and clear our cash, restart our operating system in the purity of the Spirit, but much of our problem these days comes from our browsing history. If you have Chrome from, from Google, as most people do, as their browser, you can sync up all your devices, and so your phone and your computer and your tablet, and anytime you're in Chrome, anytime you're using Google, all the research that you have before, all the history is all there. Now, where do they store that information? I hope you know that a record of every website you or anyone on your computer using your account is being kept in a big database somewhere. As a matter of fact, Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes. She discovered they remember sites she visited about what she had forgotten about five years ago. Why would they want to remember sites you visited five years ago? Because they monetized that. The reality is that Internet never forgets. And as contentious as things are these days, politically, personally, even privately, your browsing history, your tweets, your posts, they can all be used against you even in a court of law. And even more so in the court of public opinion. So when I encourage you to refresh your browser, I can't wipe away what your little eyes have seen or your little fingers have typed. Because it's always there. Unless, you know, like the big... You know, the apocalypse comes and some EMP destroys all data in the world. And it may be a relief to some of you. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll ask you, in the spirit of Seth, who calls upon the name of the Lord, that you refresh your browsing approach. The binary choices between Seth and Cain are demonstrated perfectly through the browsing choices we make. We are proactive when we browse. That means you are typing. <laughs> you're typing, you're asking, uh, you're looking at, you're clicking on. You're being proactive of the things that you want to see. And it's the same choice as the binary choice with Seth and Cain. Because as we're proactive when we browse, so is your browsing proving you are a son and daughter of Seth or one of Cain. Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 2.22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a, listen to this, pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. A lot of times we just ask ourselves, are we browsing or prowling? The Bible teaches us that we need to refresh our browser in a sense in which we are changing the parameters of all of our searches. And you know, I mean, I don't have to spell this out. We all know what is the intent of our heart when we type or click or comment. Now, I know there were no computers 6,000 years ago. But there were people. 
And the choice of Seth and the choice of Cain are still the binary choices each of us get to make. Through Christ, we are connected to Seth, the substitute hero, who called on the name of the Lord in his time when his big brother was following a path of destructive evil. Satan had compromised the memory of man, the main mandate we have, and the things we manufacture through the line of Cain. And even though God destroyed that line physically in the flood, we resurrect it when we act in the image and likeness of Cain instead of Seth. Now I have a big brother. His name was Scott. It still is Scott. I looked up to my brother when I was young, and by the time he hit high school, I despised him. Let me explain why before you think I'm a horrible person. My brother was not the kindest person. He used to beat me up quite a bit. I never had to worry about getting beat up at school because everybody was afraid of my big brother, but I got more beatings by him at home, so I think maybe I'd rather have gotten beaten up at school. I don't know. But my brother, he grew up in the church just like I did. He was, uh, went to Sunday school. He was, got baptized. and So we all grew up in the same family. But something happened to him. We got into late junior high, early high school. He kind of took a different path than what we uh, as a family uh, seemed like we were on as far as following Christ. Got involved in drinking, a lot of alcohol, a lot of things that were not good for him, and so there was a point in my life where I had to decide whether I wanted to admire and follow in the path of my big brother or take a path of Christ. And I just decided that I needed to follow in the path of Christ Jesus. All of us, we kind of have that significant time in our life where we have to decide whether we're going to follow that path of someone who came before us or maybe in our own mistakes that we've made that we know are leading us towards death. And I hope today you realize that because of Seth, because of his calling upon the name of the Lord and setting forth the opportunity for all of his children to call upon the name of the Lord, that through Christ we have that opportunity still today. Remember, you may have to live with your mistakes, but you are not limited by them if you believe in Christ Jesus your Savior. Let's pray.